I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are not good. What? We are not good, chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. We need a corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane. Who would win? That guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dick. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Our first live Hogan Johns show in a few years. It's not good when we couldn't remember when it was. Uh, but we think it was Houndstooth before the 2019 season. When you pick the Bears to go 14 and 2 or 12 and 4? 13 and 3. 13 and 3. Yeah. I gave you an, an extra win. So. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It wasn't the best prediction ever. But people forget everyone thought they were going to be good that year. And they weren't. So let's hope that this goes a lot better uh, with the, the, this season with this live show. We appreciate everyone coming out. We are at Obvious Shirts in Wrigleyville, our longtime uh, merchandise partner. And they've uh, been so good to us. And we're sort of doing this relaunch with some new merchandise. Um, and we thought it'd be awesome to kick off the football season as the Bears report to training camp tomorrow. Uh, we'll be there in Lake Forest. And um, we do have a few new shirts here. So uh, good crowd here tonight. We uh, we appreciate everyone who, who came out. And uh, we're going to have some giveaways and some questions. But uh, this is one of our, our newer shirts. I should hold it up for the camera. <laughs> it says, Hogan Johns is my favorite podcast. Um. And then you got the other one there. It's right here. You read it. In Adam We Trust. Which one? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Take your pick. What, what there, there's also one back here. Maybe you should hold that one up. Yeah. I really like this one. Love stinks. <laughs> and there's one that says love sucks. I have a feeling that one's going to be very popular, Joe. Um, so... Yeah, thanks to Joe Johnson, everyone, and Avi Shirts for having us out. This is awesome. It's the first time I've actually been inside the store, store and this is, uh, first of all, great real estate uh, here in Wrigleyville and uh, in a good spot, and they've been doing such a good job. I don't particularly like that I'm sitting on a Cubs chair, but uh, I, can Sorry. Put up, I can put up with it. Well, look what, down the street, my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know where we are. Um, so, training camp's tomorrow. You ready? No. Okay. I have zero questions for Ryan Poles. Zero. Zero. That's not a good start. Those will come up tomorrow. Uh, I have tomorrow. one question. Why was Chase Claypool put on pup <laughs> yesterday and taken <laughs> off today? One of the great mysteries <laughs> of, of, of camp here. I miss the days where Ryan Pace would list off like a bunch of starters who yeah. wouldn't be participating oh, yeah. in, in sort of training camp. At least they announce it. Yeah, he'd be like uh, Kevin White, <laughs> um, three offensive linemen. Um, Kevin White. Yeah. Okay. 
that was the annual announcement that Kevin White was on Pub. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For and four years. John Fox proceeded to lie about everything. Uh, no. Yeah. There he is. Uh, we'll take some questions. So if anyone here has, uh, and I was told we can give away whatever we want. So whoever wants to ask first question can have this t-shirt right here, right off the bat. So don't be shy. Step up. Right here, here we go. Uh, come, uh, come up to this microphone that the, the big tall one. You're going to be on YouTube, my friend. Oh, wow, it's exciting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. This is awesome. What's your um, name? Joey. What's up, Joey? Where are you from? From Chicago. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, big fan of the show. Um, what uh, record prediction for this year? Some expectations. Oh, boy. Yeah. I have them. What's the over-under wins? It went from six and a half to seven and a half? Summer right on. I think so. I still like the over. Okay. I think that division is fully up for grabs, and it's going to be a bunch of teams flirting with 500 fighting for it, yeah. which is... Fine for what the Bears were last year. That's progress. It's Justin Fields playing better. It's the running game still working. It's the defense being a whole lot better. Let's not forget how bad they were last year. But somewhere around 500, I think, is a, a safe prediction. Yeah, I'm, uh, I promise I will narrow it down to an exact record that I will for sure get wrong. Um, as we get, Usually I do that right before the start of the season. But I tend to, I tend to be on the same page. I think that there's a range of... Honestly, I, I'd be surprised. I'd, I would actually be surprised if they don't get to seven wins. It's like the floor. And maybe I should set the f- actual floor at more like six. Um, but I just think when you look at how close they were to actually winning some of those games last year. Against some good teams, too. Yeah. And even just you talk to players uh, like that played on the Eagles when we were at the Super Bowl, and you, we were talking to TJ Edwards before he became a Bear, and he was just like, those guys, I know it didn't look great, but they played really hard. Like, they were hard to go up against. So um, I think that just s- the math there says that a few of those games will flip to wins um, just because that's how the NFL works whether it's turnover luck, whether it's just your record in, in one-score games, the same thing will happen to the Vikings this year the other way. Yeah. Um, although I'm still a little bit more bullish on the Vikings than I think most people it's are. It's because you just watched that quarterback show. He likes Kirk Cousins now. Yeah. He's my favorite quarterback. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Don't forget, that's my guy. That's my guy. That's right. That's right. You can still have him, by the way. Um so yeah, and then obviously they should be better in a lot of different areas. So I, I'm I don't think it's crazy to say like the floor is seven wins. I just think it's a a matter of how high that, that ceiling really is. And I still think there's just some limitations in certain areas like getting after the pass rusher that's it's it's gonna hold them back to some extent. But honestly, anywhere between seven and ten, I think you can make arguments. I think you can you, you can just look at that. This is the NFL. This is the type of stuff that happens, and there's always swings. And I'm not buying the Lions. I know they're the, the odds favorite right now, but they're the Lions. <laughs> I'm not buying any of <laughs> no, no, the No, no, it's honestly. true. Like, they, it's, all of them have red flags, even the Bears, but, like, we're such a young team. I yes. feel like like the traje- trajectory we're on, like, past examples of young teams, like, up and coming while, like, kind of a weaker division around you. Kind of look at the Eagles last year. I feel like we're too conservative as a fan base. Like, I feel like I get, like, you know, we were three and fourteen last year, but like I feel like eight, nine wins is like the floor, and then from there I feel like we go ten, eleven. But I get that's me just being a biased yeah. fan. Well, so. I like it. Here's your shirt. Sweet, appreciate Thank it. Thanks, guys. Uh, awesome. Off Thank the you. bat, there. Anyone else who wants to step up, um, feel free. We do have a special guest. Yeah, come ahead. Uh, we got Kevin Fishbane here. He's gonna be talking to us in a little bit too. No, come up. Yeah, 
And uh, and you know, if we're doing a live show, that Bob Dabrowski's somewhere in the neighborhood. So um, I'm sure he'll join us at some point. What's up? What's your name? My name's Ron, and I'm yeah. also from Chicago. Um, question for you, because you mentioned the edge rush, and I think that like everybody in the room probably is like deeply concerned about, you know, their inability to get somebody in the draft. Do you think that either a the you know the possibility of them being able to get somebody like Ngakwe, or do you see that polls would try to maybe manufacture a trade? I mean, he's got a lot of draft capital. Do you see that he would he would jump on something like that this off season? Yes. I, I mean, I think all possibilities are open. Um, I would be hesitant with where they're at right now to be, you know, giving up a ton of draft capital. Um, but I do think one one thing to maybe keep in mind, too, is it doesn't necessarily have to be done before the season starts. I mean, we saw Ryan Poles was very active at the trade deadline last year. And if the Bears are in a position where last year is like, okay, yeah, they should probably sell off some pieces. Maybe this year with what we were just talking about with the record, maybe they're in a position where it's like, actually, this division's wide open. You're in position to win it. They need a pass rusher. Then, then you're in in that spot, maybe willing to make a move uh, for a pass rusher. At that, yeah, point. I think it's also important to remember that Eberflus's defenses with the Colts when they were at their best, they didn't have a superstar edge rusher. Everything kind of came through the middle, as he would call it. Let's dent the pocket and ruin it through the middle, like build it inside out. So you saw the investment there this year with the two second round picks, right. with the the two rookies who are. <laughs> They're going to be a massive problem for opposing def- or opposing offenses sooner rather than later. But yes, it, it does look like a glaring hole. You do want you know more talent coming off the edges. It's 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 passers and pass rushers, and the Bears don't have a legitimate one right now. But Walker seems serviceable. Yes, you know. Yes, and I, I, I think showed a ton of potential last year, but then. You know, but then, the yeah, game, yeah. How many uh, Bears picks have you seen show potential and then yeah, not really show anything else? But yeah, I think Eberflus likes to have this go inside out. Oh, my phone is talking here. Um, have it go inside out. Now, whether or not what type of investment that means for Ryan Poles remains to be seen. But I'm with Adam. I don't think he's going to give up a lot of draft capital quite yet. Yeah, but I would still think they sign someone and add some depth there. But uh, which shirt do you want? Oh, Take your pick. In Adam, we trust. Yeah, there you go. There go. <laughs> we'll take one of those. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. C- come on up. You look familiar. You've been to one of our shows before. Uh, no? I, was at, I think I was at the CHO. Uh, oh, there we go. The tailgate. Cro- cross-marketing potential. Nice. Very well. You, you guys often say that... <laughs> well, well, name first. Where are you from? <laughs> My name's Joel. I'm from Chicago. Um, though originally, I'm from London. Um, you often say that players know. Right, it's like a something we say. So, how do you react that the NFL players seemingly have ranked Justin Fields above Trevor Lawrence in the NFL 100? So, did that come out, by the way? The first ten have come out. Okay. And Trevor Lawrence is 96. Okay. And Fields hasn't been listed yet, but they've already done a promo video. Clearly, he's in the list somewhere. Mm. That surprises me that they put him over Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. You know how I feel about that. I know. That, that, <laughs> so the, the, I almost let me take you inside the locker yeah. room for, for for a little bit. I I, I, re, I still remember a former starter for the Bears, defensive tackle. I'm not going to name him. When they're talking about, so this is how they do the survey. They they walk around the locker rooms and they're handed 
like lists and the players sit there in their lockers and will fill them out. Um, one player just didn't like this other player who happened to be by far one of the best players in the league, like Hall of Fame quarterback, just because he didn't like him. He didn't put him on his list. You have some of that. So that, that's how I feel about the, the process. You have a lot of like undrafted guys. I, I, I remember seeing guys I don't even know in the locker room who were there for like two days filling out this survey, ranking these players. But yes. Well, because some guys won't even do it. Yeah, some of the best players in the Bears locker room this year refused to do it. Um, What I would say in terms of your question, like players know, I think it was the praise without even being asked about Justin Fields that you heard on like players own podcast. Just talking about the NFL in general and young players and Justin Fields' name kept coming up. That to me means more than, yes, the survey, which leads to a great television series. And it is enjoyable. There is some players who take it seriously, but I guess I'm forever scarred by seeing this one very good bear starter just dismiss one of the best quarterbacks of all time <laughs> just because he didn't like him. I mean, the Pro Bowl is kind of similar. Just some journalist, famously a Chicago journalist, refused to vote for someone for the MVP because they just didn't like him very much. So, Yeah, it happens. Just talking about Thanks for watching. Okay. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, yeah. Which one do you want? Uh, what's I going to say? Take, take Thanks, man. Thank you. The. Um, oh, on fields, though, you, you that's where I do think that's a real thing where you you heard from players and it's almost like they need to play against him first to like realize how hard it is to tackle him. And it and we've talked about this a lot with Justin as many times as I like I saw him play a couple times in person in college and then still wasn't until he was out there uh on the field at rookie minicamp after they drafted him you're like whoa like this guy's huge like you forget it's I don't know what it is about him but like it's just he's one of these players that you see him in person and you have a much better appreciation for how big and strong he actually is and I think defensive players are having that same realization when they play against them and, and until they get on the field no matter how much they prep and practice that week whoever the scout team quarterback is for that particular team cannot replicate what Justin Fields can do. He has a pain in the ass. Like the stuff he was doing last year was ridiculous. So, and I, and I think he also, um, you know, a credit to him has been able to connect with a lot of players just personally. I mean, he's a nice guy too. Yeah. You know, so I think that, I think a lot of these players have, uh, earned a lot of respect for him quickly, but I think Trevor Lawrence deserves that too. I like Trevor Lawrence a ton, so I'm a little bit honestly. I'm a little bit surprised that he's not higher up on that list. Uh, just hearing that, so he also didn't come close to breaking a rushing record by a quarterback. Yeah, there's there's that too. So what do you think was going on with Chase Claypool? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, it's not a good sign when when that happens. We've been through this a lot, and I think especially with receivers, right? Well, Kevin White stands out, but Alshon Jeffrey, didn't he start on the pup list? Or Brandon Marshall? It's all blending together now. Uh, I think Jeffrey wants... I don't remember. Yeah, it it, it happens every year Yeah, with somebody. Um, but I think some of those examples you just brought up, like it, it's not always the end of the world. It's just with Chase Claypool, since the start, it just seems like there's always been something. Yeah. And um, I wasn't totally surprised that he ended up on pup considering okay he was hurt in the spring 
we did see him working out with Fields a couple weeks ago on social media, so that's where the surprise came in a little bit. But it's just like the way this whole thing's been going, it's like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense that he ends up on Pup. It's almost weirder, though, that now he's off. Like, what changed in 48 hours? Less than that. 20, 24. 24 hours. That's, that's just weird. I don't know that we've ever seen that. No. A 24-hour stay on the Pup list before they've actually even reported. Yeah. But you're right in saying, I was joking earlier, that would be the first question the Ryan polls. Like, what the heck is up with Chase Claypool? Yeah. What happened there? Um, but they did they did, did say in their announcement that it clears the way for him to participate in practice Wednesday. So it seems like they... A ex- nice 95-degree humid day at Alice Hall. Oh, you love it. No. As long as there's plenty of water out there. It's better in Bourbon A. 95 in Lake Forest is better than 95 in Bourbon A. And we'll see about that. There's a, there's a difference. I, and we haven't had a day like that yet. In, in Lake Forest? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, we've actually been spoiled with the weather there for the most part, I think. Uh, anyone else have any other questions? Yeah, come up here. What's your name? How's it going? I'm George. I'm also from Chicago. Cool. Um, along those lines, talking about training camp, it's going to be my first time going on Saturday. I was wondering uh, what you guys had to say about Hallis. Things to see, not necessarily on the field, but off what it's like, all that. You have to see the Walter Payton Center. It's They actually resodded it or resurfaced it. Um, it is a beautiful facility. It's it's older, but when you walk in, it kind of just shocks you a bit how large and massive it is. And then there's a lot of games in there for the kids and whatnot, but that's definitely a highlight, I think, from everybody I've talked to that has gone there and has never been to Hallis Hall before and can't go into the actual building itself. You're allowed to go into the Walter Payton Center, which is pretty cool. And, and the secret to that is there's stairs. As soon as you walk in there, go up there. There's like a little Walter Payton museum on the second floor there. That's kind of tucked away. Yeah. Also, if you're going Saturday, I think the pad should be on by Saturday. So that's an added bonus, uh, especially if it's one of the first few padded practices. Yes. It's usually when they they go the hardest. Yeah. It's like the hardest you see them practice all year. Because then after a few of those padded yeah. practices, they get a couple of injuries and then they all tighten up and they're like, okay, let's not go live anymore. <laughs> Too much done. <laughs> um, like usually they list which field they're practicing on too. But you'll go there and they'll be on two fields. So make note of which field it actually is because that's where the the live action, the best well, action will be. Well, here's the secret for that. Yes, go ahead. Is um, whichever field they're going to go team practice when they have the full team going offense, defense, will have um, the big cameras that come up. I forget what they call those things, but they... They're out of the end zones. They call them boats, I think. Like the actual... Uh, there's these big padded orange cart carts and our wheels and then the the cameras go straight up in the air on a big giant pole it almost looks like a security camera and those are only on one of the two fields so that's that's the field you want to get a seat on if you get a seat at the other one you're not going to be able to see as well yeah you'll just see individual drills so that's a good little tip yeah that's the best tip um yeah appreciate it thanks should we bring in kevin fishbane from the athletic oh Okay, Bob. <laughs> Bob Dabrowski, everybody. Good to see you boys again. Thanks for having me here. Uh, YouTube celebrity now, I guess. So uh, glad that we could do this again. It's been uh, many years. I think that everyone would agree the worst thing about COVID was no Hogan John's live show. But I agree. We're back. So thank you. Yeah, that was, that was on the list of bad things. The worst. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm Number sure. One. Uh, <laughs> how's it going? Where, how have you been uh, 
enjoying life, I guess. I mean, we still, we knew you were alive because we could still hear you on the voicemail line. Yeah. There were a few mm-hmm. weeks there, uh, that I, I, I struggled to make it through, uh, when fields was hurt and, but he, uh, made, he made it through. So I made it through it too. You know, he's an inspiration to young and old men and women, everybody around the whole world, I think. And so I'm here, I'm ready to get going. I can't wait for training camp cause I don't have to run or anything. What prediction do you have for like a Colcomet this year? Oh, baby Ditka. Uh, <laughs> 89 catches, 890 yards, nine touchdowns Little. in the first game. Nine touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, How does that compare to your famous Adam Shaheen prediction? I think he is a higher touchdown percentage guy okay. and two-point conversion. He was a two-point conversion specialist. Shaheen? Yes. Yeah. The Grizzly Giant. Everybody remembers him that. And, him and Bradley Sowell, I think, right? Oh, yeah. 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 What was that, like Santa Slay or something? Some, one of those bizarre. Oh, the memories. Yeah. Hey, that was actually fun for a minute. The whole year was fun. Everyone makes fun of it now, but that was actually... It was fun it having all last. those cool plays. Yeah. Handing the ball off to Akeem Hicks at the goal line. It was only the first year. I don't know why he went away from that in the later years. It seemed like he he heard about the Dabrowski double reverse deluxe, and I think he was too intimidated <laughs> to call another special play. I think you're right. I think it's you true. trumped him with that play, and he's like, oh, no, they've figured it out. There's nothing that can beat that. Yeah, what are you going to do after that? It's nothing. Throw 10-yard hitches over and over again? Go back and coach Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> It's a a good decision. (laughs) I was going to say, I would do that too. Uh, Well, I do got a couple of questions if I could trouble you boys. Um, Well, first I've got uh, my man squeeze here, Guadalupe. She's from Brazil. And so she's, of course, a big Cairo Santos fan. And uh, I was just wondering on her behalf, do you think that if the wind was right, could Carlos Santos kick it to the moon? (laughs) (laughs) How much one are we talking? Carlos Santos. Well, it had to be right, so <laughs> enough to, to get to orbit. You're the special teams coach. To the moon. I don't know that. Let's let's start with fifth. What's his fifty two? I want to say is. How about with consistently making your point after attempts? Well, that's the one thing is is I get there seems to be like a little bit of angst people have with Cairo Santos, uh, Carlos. Sorry, um, that it, but. Field goal wise, he was fine last year. He was. He really was. Um, but yeah, it's it makes you a, l- a little nervous. I I do think that we should learn we should we should learn our lesson a little bit from what happened with Robbie Gold. <laughs> we don't have to learn a lesson. The Chicago well, Bears do. have to learn a lesson. Well, it just that Robbie Gold Robbie Gold's a, free a shaky season, but compared to most kicking seasons, it was still pretty good. It was, but compared to Robbie gold standards, it was like he was falling off and then just panicked and there was other factors involved. Sure. But, um, yeah, he didn't like his special teams coordinator and the special teams coordinator didn't like him. Well, that's, uh, that's a problem, I guess it's all a problem. Um, but I think Cairo's going to be fine this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic over Cairo Santos. Good. Cause she's getting a Jersey. Good. So. <laughs> uh, I got one more for you, boys. Um, no, I think there's there's two very probable outcomes here. The first is, you know, 16, 17 wins and route to a Super Bowl. That's most likely, obviously. But then uh, another possibility is they win five, six games in a row to start the season, and then Justin Fields gets hurt. And uh, they lose the next 10 or so. And then he comes back. He's not doing great. But he blew it up in the first, you know, 
six, seven games, but they're in a position to draft a quarterback early with, well, the Panthers are going to not win a game, so they'll have the number one pick. But what would you do then? <laughs> if Fields shows out, but he gets hurt, and you're like, okay, well, he looks amazing like we all expect, but what's up? And now there's these QB prospects that everybody's going all about. So, Well, as our old friend John Fox would say, the best what availability is the best What's that saying again? Uh, best ability is availability. There it is. Yeah. So I think that's part of the Justin Fields story a, a little bit, but he's he's tough as hell too. Yeah. Oh no, he, I'm he not plays hurt. Um, has played hurt. Some of his best games at Ohio State were hurt. Um, him playing through hurt, I should say. Clemson game. Clemson game. Um, the Michigan game. So he could do this. Um, but yes, that would be. Keep hitting my thing here. That would be. Quite the major decision if Fields doesn't produce, can't stay healthy, and you have two first-round picks potentially in the top 15, and you got this potentially great quarterback class, special quarterback class. Like, what do you do? That's that's for down the road, but we'll see. Has he been taking more of like a vocal leadership role as far as you guys have been able to see? I mean, I think he was already doing that, but it does seem like at least in the spring, we heard a lot of people complimenting yes. his growth in that area. Yes. Matt Eberflus yeah. and Ryan Poles did themselves. Yeah. Kevin Warren. But but I do think like the scenario you painted there is would be the obviously the worst case scenario if he gets hurt. But beyond that, I'm just talking about the development and where... Because they have to know at the end of the season where things stand with Justin Fields. And it's if he plays all 17 games, I think you're going to get that, either good or bad, right? But if he plays well and then gets hurt, then it almost feels like you're in the same exact position again that you just were because it's it's like, well, we, you think, we think he's the guy, but you have this draft capital and you just want to make sure. So um, let's just hope that doesn't I, I think out. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus want him to be the guy at this point. They love him. Not just to, as a, a player with potential. Yeah, he has to improve as a passer. We all know that. But everything off the field, they love this kid. They want him to be the answer. So if a situation like yours plays out, it's just unfortunate because now you have to make a serious business decision because you have the fifth-year option to, to consider because, you know, that comes after this season. But because they want it, to, they want it for him. They all do. So we'll see. Well, I, I retract my question because I feel bad even putting it out there. So pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, we'll thank you for the answers. We'll it's on YouTube, no. man. <laughs> yeah, things go off the internet all the time. It's fine. Yeah. We can up the fish man here. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, boys. Great to see you guys again. Thanks, Bob. Bob Dobrowski. All right. We, we can delete the question from the podcast. Now I want to leave it in there. What's up, Kevin? I, was, I don't know why I decided to follow up, Bob. I, <laughs> I should have I gone first. Why? Just you can't follow that up. Yeah. Well, although, although he did, he did break down the mood a little bit. So there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's July, Bob. I, I thought that question was going to end with uh, PJ Walker leading them to the Super Bowl. No. Okay. Even he's not. <laughs> he's like, no, that's that. That's not happening. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're thrilled about the weather forecast. Nobody loves sun and heat more than you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never understand how the NFL coaches out there have like long sleeves and pants. Yeah, I don't get You're that. a football coach now. Do you do that? Well, I think they it's wear hot. like the um, thin compression stuff to block the sun. 
It's called sunscreen. Yeah, I know. I that's what I would do. But Vic so, Fangio would be out there in his gray hoodie sweatshirt. He would be regardless of the weather. Some coaches like to have uh, nice tan lines right along there. By the way, did you see head. the picture like of John's. John's son's nine U baseball <laughs> championship? He's wearing a hat. I am wearing give a him hat. a hard yes. time because yes. he coaches baseball. He doesn't wear a hat, which is absurd. But he I wore didn't a hat. Notice that? Yeah, he was wearing the um, hat. My second son won the um, well his level championship game yesterday. So yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Fun, long summer. I think um, you're just lucky that I retired I mean, from coaching. I can make the whole podcast about that game <laughs> if you want. I know you could. <laughs> and, 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 and how many celebration beers did you have? Uh, one too many. Yeah, moving a little slow, everybody. <laughs> a lot of work I put into that year. But, uh, yeah, we coached him. Uh, it was a fun year. Um, it was his 30th game yesterday. and it was a We were down 5-1 to one in the top of the six and came back to one uh, to win 9-6 to six in, in extra innings. So That's fun awesome. Game. Yeah. Fun game. Yeah, it's, I'm sure he'll remember that forever. Baseball memories are... They <laughs> I'm, I'm glad John still remembers it after. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, number one question that you have for the general manager tomorrow. Mm. Besides the uh, Chase Claypool stuff, I guess. I guess I, I think this is the question every year with Fields is what will they see over the next month that tells them progress, right? And, and, and I think... We saw it in OTAs with the DJ Moore connection. Um, I think when the pads come on, we'll start to see it with you know better protection. Um, you know, Robert Tanyan, I think, is somebody to keep an eye on that is kind of this underrated signing that's going to allow him to do more things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always curious, like, how they evaluate fields and how they decide that how they can tell he's going to be better. Or do they really have to wait till week one? Like, it's just because, I mean, we've been in enough training camps for sometimes, like, 2019 camp, I feel like we got a little bit fooled by the, because Mitch was not good that summer. He wasn't. But the coaches were like, well, no, we want him to throw his interceptions. We're trying all these new things. And then we all saw what happened the day after your 13 3 prediction. Um, yeah, you, I think they scored three points. Yeah. So, so we, you, you can get fooled by training camp. Um, but yeah, I just want, I'd be curious what they, uh, what they'd like to see from him. So, on CHGO today, I said that like the number one thing I just want to see in camp is four weeks from now, Justin Fields had a good camp. Like not this was it you know on and off, and I'm sure there's always going to be bad days, right? Like that, duh. But I'm just like at the end of four weeks or whatever, even like, wouldn't it be great if after the Colts game, which is the second preseason game, they're like, okay, doesn't even need to play the third preseason game. Everything's been good. He's made the progress. There's no doubt about it that it was a good camp for Justin Fields. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask in year three at this point. And, and also, I don't know if we've ever covered a camp like that where the quarterback has one of those Jay camps. Cutler's interception yeah. free streak. But even then, I don't feel like he was he just dominating. No, but he didn't throw an interception. Yeah, that was straight practices without an interception. That was Jay's there's best a, there's year. There's a Jay Cutler shirt somewhere in here yeah. still floating around. Was that 2015? 2015, yeah, because so? Adam, Adam Gase got mad at Mark Potash for bringing up the interceptionless streak um. after practice. So It'll be interesting to see how they articulate his success and failure because, yes, I think we are scarred by that Matt Nagy year. He what Mitch Trubisky was in... 2.0 of his what was it? Uh, 202. 202 of his yeah. of his offense, and he was forcing the ball down the field, forcing the issue on a lot of throws, and we just accepted it because they were so good in 2018. 
at least we know with Fields, there's only room to grow as a passer. You know what I'm actually excited for? The, the first time he has a bad practice and all of us who are there do our jobs and say, you know, it wasn't a good practice, threw an interception here, and then, <laughs> <laughs> then we get that. <laughs> as if that means that we're all saying that he's a bad quarterback. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. No, I learned my last. Day. I'm never. I'm never seeing. Yeah, you got in a lot of trouble I'm this never, spring. Nope. He, uh, he's Fields never gonna, hater over here. He's never gonna have a bad practice ever again, according to me. If, no, here's the key though. This is a little journalism trick for everybody. If Justin Fields has a bad practice, headline: Big day for the Bears defense. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just spin it. They need those after you last know, year. Ibrahimovic's scheme is finally coming together. Tremaine Edmonds had a big day. Jalen Johnson finally getting his hands on the football. You know, there was only so much Justin Fields could do. Not even Patrick Mahomes could. Uh, Thanks do for joining there. the show, Larry Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it'd be more funny if Larry listened. Oh, he'll uh, listen. He listens. He'll, oh, he listens. He'll be, he'll be mad about it tomorrow. Yeah, Fine. he will. He will. Uh, but, but but seriously, to the to the point, I just like to see a very efficient seven on seven drill because we've seen a lot of ones that haven't been. Yeah. where they're not checking the ball down or throwing the ball away in a seven-on-seven drill, where even Matt Eberflus actually has said a couple of times it should favor the offense. The offense should be able to move the ball in that situation because the drill itself favors the offense and what they're doing. But we've not seen that consistently happen enough where things go well for the Bears in that, or for the yeah. quarterback, I should say, in that drill. There was a red zone drill they did in OTAs early on, and it was like the best red zone drill we had seen. Or not, not sorry, two-minute drill. And, and Fields marched downfield, 80 yards, scored a touchdown. It was weird. Like, we just hadn't seen the offense look that smooth. Um, and then it didn't happen the next week. And But, like, those are the things that you talk about. We talked about it last year. We talked about the summer before. We talked about it with Mitch. Just put together drives. Just make the offense look smooth. Because you're right. The offense is supposed to have an advantage in a lot of these things. Uh, the way these practices are set up, uh, it's a, it's not it's not a lot to ask. You would think we saw Mr. Trubisky scramble out of bounds in a goal line drill for a sack in practice. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, and, and like six times in game, and they spun it too. Like they had some spin on like why it wasn't. No, Nagy didn't like that at all. Oh, he, he was mad about that. Actually, you know what, Adam? He did see that right. He did run out of bounds for a sack in two minute drill. Yeah, yeah, um, that would drive me crazy. Um, what would be? Because one one question I don't necessarily know the answer to yet, because I feel like I feel like us included and fans are a little unsure about what they should expect this year to some extent. Like, what scenario would come up where you feel like Matt Eberflus would already be getting a lot of heat? Mm. Like, like is it is it just the defense doesn't take? any type of step forward and they're not winning and like, yeah, I, I think, I think if for him, it's defense, you know, I was thinking about this recently that how often did he was, he, they had a lot of close games last year, but how often was he in a situation where he had to make a call that whether it was a challenge or timeout, like there weren't a whole lot of those head coach type things we broke down last season. Yeah. Um, there was a couple early on, but I, I feel like he hasn't been in that, that that kind of hot seat a lot. So maybe if there are close enough games where you can actually point to decisions he's making that are impacting them, then maybe, you know, I mentioned to you guys this earlier today that our, the Bears fan survey I did, Eberflus is like lowest in confidence level from fans out of the the power trio of Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, which isn't, like, I don't think Eberflus has actually done anything to 
earn that, but that's also the problem. It's not like, I mean, when you think about what excites people about the Bears organizational direction, it's that it's a new president and it's what Ryan Poles has done. Many I don't think there's a whole lot to complain about yet with him, but that's the other thing. When I was, when I was trying to analyze that question, I'm thinking like, when did he like make a decision that really had us, you know, trying to figure out what, why he made that call? I feel like wasn't there one game last year if someone if someone remembers Giants game where he, he like was calling he didn't uh, go for it late in the first half when they had time or pulled a pulled a foxy called the timeout at the wrong uh, time foxy and gave them the that. ball I just feel like there was one one game that had a halftime decision that was a little what were you thinking of in the well Giants the Giants game? game was where he was really excited about the punt and pin oh where they decided to they were like they could have they probably should have gone for it but decided to punt it pin the Giants, and they did stop them it three worked. times, and then I believe that was when Bayless Jones muffed the punt. Oh, yeah. Back. yeah. So that was one call where, you know, it, it ended up working out, but then you think, look, if you had a more confidence in your offense, aren't you going for it on fourth down? Well, and there were a bunch of third, uh, either fourth down, fourth and mediums, and like dicey range where you could go for it, where they just didn't, or there was also how many third and long situations where they ran the ball, which I I guess is par- partially on Getsy yeah. too, but that those are sometimes the situations where the head coach g- gets involved too. Don't you think they should, like they finally have a quarterback when they do have a third and long and they just let it rip? Yeah. Right. Well, I would hope that that's one change we see this season. Yeah. I just think if Eberflus' defense stinks again, it's got to be in the hot seat with all the investment yeah. at middle linebacker, defensive tackle. Their secondary should be a strength, again, considering the, the draft capital investment. The talent seems to be there, minus the edge rusher. But if it stinks again, like one of the league's worst again, that's on coach. Uh, the guy that I th- I'm kind of most excited to see when the pads come on is Jervon Dexter. Yeah, I think that guy. I mean, we we all we're, we're used to coaches and players talking up people in the spring. The way they talked him up, like Justin Jones, Eberflus, other assistant coaches, other players, like they're in awe of this guy. So I'm really curious to see how that translates when the when the pads come on. Because I mean, they're they're taking a little bit of chance on both those defensive tackles just because they didn't produce a ton in college. Um, but we all know what they're like physically gifted. So that that's somebody I'd keep an eye on. Well, and also if you if you were to look at all the defensive linemen they have, and or to rank them on the question of which one of these dudes is going is most likely to break out and be something special. I mean, I would put him number one. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Did you, by the way, sorry, I just remembered. Did we talk about the block party yet? Which one? It's this weekend. It's this weekend? I'll be at camp, though. Is that always the first weekend at camp? It is. Oh. Yeah, see, my uh, annual golf trip got scheduled this weekend, too. For those of you who don't know, uh, my coworker here, Adam Johnson, is a block party <laughs> every year. It's always the Saturday, first Saturday of training camp. I'll be at camp. All right. I'm back, okay. baby. He'll be there physically. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally, I, I, gotta, I gotta leave. Focus on the block party ahead. <laughs> yeah, Get I won't plans. be the practice Saturday. There are people, by the way, asking in May at, at House Hall when your block party is. Yeah, this weekend. There you go. Saturday. They should know, they should know by now. If I, they're I gonna make them, the it's joke, the first Saturday right. of camp yeah, every if year. If they're gonna make the joke, they should know because it's been every year since we lived in this house, which is the duration of my Bears beat coverage dating back all the way to Mark Tressman. Hasn't changed, Larry Mayer. And Hogan and I have never been invited to the block party. Yes, I've actually been to it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've been working. Yeah, sure. Yeah, somebody's got to work. I think that was when I lived over there, though, and I walked over there after 
it's true. was done working or something. It was later. Um, yeah, there were members of actual Bears security staff were wondering where you were <laughs> during the spring. So They're always on the lookout for me. That's, that's a sign of respect, I think. Yeah, maybe also a sign of a problem, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I'm, I'll come over Saturday. No. Okay. I'm good. Go ahead, Cap. Uh, no. Bob. Mike Glennon. Yeah. See? Bob will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's, that's true. No. Yeah. There you go. All right. Anything else? Um, no, thanks for everybody for coming out. Yeah. I always like to, I usually make fun of you guys a lot when we do the podcast, but I do like to point out it's pretty cool what you guys built oh. and people coming out to see it and just honored to be a part of it. Appreciate You're it. part of the reason why too, fish man. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks guys. The fish, the fish man. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Kevin was trying to come up with trivia too that we can. The only thing we could think of is ripping off Immaculate Grid right now. <laughs> so, I feel like um, sh- should we do one of those for a T-shirt? Which it depends which which two teams. This is. Oh, you have something? No, uh, I mean, uh, why don't we do uh, divisional? Okay, so you got to do Bears. Someone who's played for the Bears and Lions, Bears and Packers, Bears and Vikings. All three, yeah. You got that's a, that's the grid. You got to fill like okay. down the grid. So one for each one. So, so whoever wins has to come up with all three players. Yeah, you have to come up saying. with someone who played for the Bears, and Lions. Someone who come played for the and, and because this is a magical grid rules, Robert Tanyan does not count. He has not played for a game, played in a game for the Bears. Yeah, that means David Montgomery doesn't to, count. They have to play right. for a, yeah. They have to play it in a game as somebody who was screwing up his magical grid the other day by guessing Derek Carr for Saints and Raiders. Oh, that one because he hasn't played in an active game. Correct. Yeah, I ran in. I told the story before, but before the show, but I was wrong on Mitch Unrein being a Bear and Buccaneer because he apparently never played a game for the Bucks, even though that's where he signed after he was with yeah. the Bears. That surprised me. I, I would have gotten that wrong because he was pretty decent when he was with the Bears. So, all right. All right well, well, thanks for having me on again. Ben. All right. Well, whoever can do that, um, you got oh, it. Oh, we got one. Okay, come up here to the microphone, and. Um, 
Welcome to the YouTube channel. Kevin's going to have to be the the judge, I guess. How's it going, guys? Good. What's up? What's your name? Zach. I'm uh, from Mantuak, Wisconsin. So, uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I know it well. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Will Young, Chester Taylor, and Julius Peppers. Yeah. Get the man a shirt. That, that works. <laughs> that, that works. Uh, we have more of those shirts back there. I think that they, they can hook you up with one. Um, appreciate it. That was pretty good. It's fast. Chester Taylor, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and wait, what was the first one? Willie Young. Willie Young. Yeah. Willie Young with the Lions. Willie Young. The best sack celebration. The fisherman well, the celebration. The fishing yeah. celebration. So. Uh, sorry. We were, I, I was kind of hoping for Christian Jones, <laughs> Bernard Berrien. Oh. And uh, Pat O'Donnell. Ooh. Oh, Pat O'Donnell. That's a good one. There you go. Adrian Amos would also <laughs> work counts. for Bears Packers. Um, all right. Um, let me ask you the, I already answered this earlier when I said that I would like to see Justin Fields actually just, Hey, dominate training camp. Let's see it. What, what would be like the one thing that you four weeks from now, you're looking back and being like that, this has to happen. This is the number one thing that we have to see. Well, if Justin Fields is dominating training camp, that means DJ Moore is dominating training camp. And, and I think the competition between the receivers and the cornerbacks is going to be some of the best. They're some of my favorite drills, the one-on-one drills they do. Yes, that still favors the offense, but the the level of talent that they have in that secondary right now with Tyreek Stevenson, who have heard fantastic things about coming out of Hallis Hall, to see what they could do against DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. I'm a, like That's must-watch for me. I know you like going to see the, the, the linemen, but to, to see the receivers go against the cornerbacks um, is going to be fun to see. So if DJ Moore becomes everything the Bears hope he is and helps Justin Fields, like that's that's got to be one of the main storylines coming out of the camp. You need to see that connection happen nearly every single day where it's a story where it, when it doesn't happen. You want to see the production in every drill between those guys. Do you think at any point, though, that that can almost become a problem if it's like too obvious? Where he's forcing the issue. Well, there's that, but also just like if it's if it's uh, DJ Moore every single day, who else is developing on those from those? Wide I get your point because they need more. Like like a, you you want to see Darnell Mooney um, come back and you know hopefully he's good to go and and can practice this week and you want to see him perform and then you want to see Chase Claypool too. So if it's just like and what we saw in the spring. I feel like almost already answers what you're talking about. That that connection it's it's, was it's already blasphemy. there. Now, obviously, you want to see it there, um, but I would also put DJ Moore in a category of players. I don't really need to see you play that much in the preseason. Like, maybe a little bit to make sure that that translates over to the football field with Justin. Yeah, I actually want to see him force the issue to DJ Moore a little bit to see if he's really the number one wide receiver that he can be. Because if you look at all these number one guys, mm -hmm. like my guy, Kirk Cousins, he just throws it up, and Justin Jefferson seems to come down with it. Yeah, You have to force the issue. You have to trust your guys. Sometimes the pocket's collapsing too fast on you, where you have to find your guy. Give him a shot. Like, I want to see Fields take more shots, where he's not just pulling the ball down and running. Like, take a shot, trust your instincts, give your guy a chance, and DJ Moore is a guy who deserves those chances. And yes, so does Darnell Mooney, so does Cole Komet. I get it. So does Chase Claypool. But DJ Moore was part of a blockbuster trade for the first pick. There's so much invested in him. 
I want you to force the issue into tight coverage to see if he can make those con- contentious catches for you in the regular season. I'm really interested to see how the Bears handle that passing versus running dynamic in team periods, um, even in seven on seven to a certain extent, because we did see so many practices. I still feel like in the spring where it was kind of hard to tell, like, is he holding on to the ball too long? Is he, would he have been sacked there? They're not wearing pads. So it's a little bit easier in training camp when the pads go on, where you get a much better feel for that. But are they going to say, Hey, Justin, okay. When you're in trouble, run, or are they going to ask him to really try as hard as you can to stay in the pocket and get rid of the football? I mean, that's a fine line that they got to figure out because you don't want to take away the running instincts because that's the strength of his. Yeah, it goes back to what I said about the seven-on-seven drill. It's a passing drill. Throw the ball, force the issue, trust your coverage, trust what you're seeing, and trust your receiver to go make a play for you. If, If DJ Moore can't earn that to the next level from, from fields. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I like to see him force the ball to him in certain spots just to see what types of plays he can make. Yeah. I, I would probably rather see him force a throw in seven on seven and have it yes. picked off. than see, I just, and, and I know this is what sort of got in trouble that fans didn't want to hear during minicamp, but like there were just too many times where I'm just like, you got to get rid of the ball still. And I, that's the thing that I really am hoping he grows out of, which he still has time to do, plenty of time to do that. But we still saw that in seven on. That was really what was the problem for me that I was getting at that one day, which was just like, get rid of it. Like, just you got to throw the ball. Yeah, throw us with some anticipation. Trust what you're seeing. And, like, don't be – like, Jay Cutler was a see-it-and-rip-it guy. He had to see him come open, and then he would try to gun it through the tightest of windows. And he had the arm talent to do it, and Fields has some of that in him. The anticipation part is so important for quarterbacks. It's next-level stuff. It's it's what the best ones have. To see Fields develop that with DJ Moore, I mean, that would be a great step forward for that whole entire offense. And that's really, I think, at the end of the day, what you you want to see. I, I would say even like in the first quarter, like a few weeks into the actual regular season, I think fans will rightly be frustrated if it's still a struggle on offense. I'm not saying they need to lead the league in points or anything like that, but just sustain drives, get first downs, get past this point that the Bears have just, it feels like they've been stuck in forever where it's just like, all right, all this anticipation week one, and they go three and out right away. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then usually it's ugly, right? It's not just like a regular three and out. It's like a oh, false start, you know, maybe a ball on the ground. Like they got, and I think that they, that's the one thing I think you can take away from last season that there were signs of that happening, yeah. of them yeah. breaking out of that. And I do, I, I would put Luke Getze up there as one of the guys in this organization that I, have a lot of confidence in going into this season. Yeah, there's a lot of magic in Fields. Like he could do things that Trubisky can't, couldn't do, that Jay Cutler, love him or hate him, couldn't do. There's a lot of magic in what Justin Fields can do to create like after the play, those plays within the play, after the play, when everything breaks down. He has some of that energy that Mahomes brings to, to, to your team where he's just the best darn player on the field. He has that in him. 
yes, it's on Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus to bring that out more consistently, but it's also like finding ways to to get your receivers involved. Like, just look at the, the Chiefs, right? Things break down, and those guys just have to be wide open, and it's like a 10-yard pass that turns into like a 35-yard gain. Like, there was some crazy stat about Mahomes not having a touchdown pass longer than 20 yards this year because he creates for his teammates. Fields has that in him when the play breaks down, but now he's got better players. So I like to see some of that come out of training camp as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I love training camp. I'm excited for Optimism it. Optimism is high. I don't care. Although, is, is seven wins, eight wins, is that really optimistic? Uh, After last I year? I don't think it's pessimistic. I think it's, I think, I it's, think it's realistic. Yeah. Probably. But I just, I think a lot of these, you know, people are going to make fun of the NFC North this year for not being, you know, that strong of a division. But I, I still think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of entertaining games out of the NFC North. They'll make fun of the NFC North, and then you'll see like the Bears make the playoffs, and it's like the last team you want to face yeah. because of the unpredictability of like what Justin Fields could do to your defense. Mm-hmm. Who would want to face them in a in a win or go home situation? Well, it, so real quick on the NFC North, they. I I'm mostly with you. I feel like on the Lions. Like I think that they're being overhyped a little bit. We've seen this in the past with Thank the Lions. Thank you, Hard Knocks. Um, but almost with the with the Vikings, I almost feel like they're being um put down to. This much. is why everybody thinks he's like a secret Vikings fan, right? <laughs> <laughs> who who thinks that? Everybody just just read really? the comments. Yeah. Um. Well, I did I did predict them to win the division last year, didn't See I? See what I mean? Yeah. And and it happened. See. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but but it has not really nothing to do with Kirk Cousins. It has more to do with like let's not forget that they went out and they hired Brian Flores, and a lot of those guys that are still on that defense are better fits for what Brian Flores wants to do than what Ed Donatel was trying to do last year. Now it's never great when you have to flip the schemes two years in a row, um, but I just I feel like a hundred percent they're not winning thirteen games. I don't even think they're win 10 probably but i do not think that the the vikings are going to fall off the face of the earth i think they'll be competitive i think they're still an eight nine win team somewhere in there just because they have they have the best receiver in football okay as much as i have fun ripping on kirk cousins he's not awful okay he's 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 a top 14 quarterback he's just yeah, but he's like 14, and he's always 14, right? Like, that's kind of the problem. They're not winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. It's just not going to happen. That's the that's the problem with Kirk Cousins. It's not that he's awful. Um, and <laughs> and um, uh, there's just too much talent on that team to just f- completely fall right, off. So here's the question I have for you. How confident are you, since we now we have a shirt, like this is it's printed now, what the one that says in Adam we trust? No, not well, of course. They're talking that's, about they're talking about you, not me. Love stinks. Oh yeah, love stinks. How am I still? Am are I still? Are on you that still train? very yes. confident that Jordan Love stinks as a quarterback? Yes, yes, I am. I think the Packers are drafting a quarterback in April of next year. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I just I I still. Is there a possibility that, and I would hope so, that a first round quarterback can go through what Jordan Love went through the the last few years and develop. I would hope there's some of that. Like I that I, path doesn't exist anymore, but I know what you're well, saying. Well, that's what yep. I mean. Like so is there a world where he was the rare situation where he went through that that he how am I trying to say this? 
I think he's going to have weeks where he actually looks pretty decent. But I still feel like at the end of the season, you'll be like, that just can't, that's just not the guy that should have been a first round pick. And they probably should have traded Aaron Rodgers a lot earlier than they did, which I've been saying, you know, for years now since the Justin Fields draft. That's when they should have made that trade, in my opinion. Um, and so I. I am not one of these people that thinks Jordan Love's going to slide in there and the Packers are win the division. I would say right now I would give I would actually feel more confident about the Bears winning the MC North than the Packers. With Aaron Rodgers last year they didn't win the division. Yeah, well then people people forget that cuz they were like in the mix at the end but they had to go they lost like, to the Lions. Yeah, they they went on one of these Aaron Rodgers runs that he tends to do at the end of the season. There was nothing that impressive about it. And then they lost to the Lions at home with a chance to make the playoffs. And that was it. And and so it's like, how are you going to subtract Aaron Rodgers from that and think they're going to be better? I'm really struggling with that, especially because I think they were 30th in money spent this offseason. So it's not like they went out and really added anyone other than through the draft. Yeah, I don't think they'll be very good. The entire team. Forget Jordan Love. I would say the floor for the Packers is lower than any other team in the division. I think it is. Is that fair? I think those are the betting odds right now. I, I Like, if there's one team that you said only wins three games this season. <laughs> you know what that means, though, right? That means they get a top five pick and the oh. pick of the, the next. <laughs> I mean, you know what that means, right? Well, but that's, in my opinion, that's what they should be doing. Yes. I think they should be tanking for the number one pick. Maybe that's what they're doing by... Well, and it might be going all in and love. It might be. I would say that that scenario is more likely than all of a sudden Jordan Love slides right in there and he's the next Brett Favre and Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but if you're a Bears fan, you should probably be rooting for a very mediocre six to seven win season. Yeah. So right? you actually want Jordan Love to be good for a little bit. <laughs> Just as long as those wins don't come in week one. Outside or week the 18, top right? 10, if they want to move up, it's going to cost a lot. You know, Packers don't like doing that. You don't want them to have a shot at those next, what, two or three quarterbacks? Bears clinched their playoff spot week 18 at Lambeau? Sure. Okay. I don't know, Bob? <laughs> that sound good? Oh, he said week week <laughs> nine or ten. They cl- <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll come down to the end. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, we could take it. Yeah, yeah go, come on in. We got a few more minutes so we can uh, sneak one or two questions in for sure. Um, What's your name? name? Where are you from? Elliot. My name is Elliot from Chicago. I live in a couple blocks uh, over there. Cool. Um, yeah, kind of happened upon this, so that's cool. Uh, oh, you're just walking by? I was just walking by. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that awesome. Cool. Do, I hope you I like guess. the Bears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Happenstance. But, um, man, was I lucky. Um, <laughs> my question is, uh, are we as confident about Chase Claypool as everybody seems to be because I don't know what happened, but when they, when they traded a second round, what really was like a first round pick for a guy who is notorious for, you know, dropping a ball. Like, I mean, I think he catches the ball like in his chest. It's kind of been a big issue for him going back to like, I think his rookie season. And I mean, I have friends in Pittsburgh and they were, overjoyed <laughs> to get Chase Claypool off their hands, especially for the draft pick that they got. Should we be a little bit more concerned than we are? I think the Bears are investing a lot in him to be their number two, and 
I don't I mean, I just I don't know if I'm there with that right now. I, I think when like you're evaluating that trade or his, his acquisition, you can't forget the the context of like when they made the move for him. Like Justin Fields was playing well, his his running was exciting, and he needed help. Like his receivers weren't producing Darnell Mooney, I think, was hurt at that point or, or soon to be hurt. They needed help. And there was pressure to deliver Fields that help so he could take that next step in his development because they saw so many good things. I mean, if, yes, Ryan pulls over a beard, like, did you, you know, do you regret trading what happened to be the 32nd overall pick? Yeah, I'm sure he would say yes, absolutely. But he didn't know it was going to be a, that at that point. I think that they were just coming off a huge win against the Patriots, right? Too? So it was that point in the season. Yeah, it was right around there. I can't remember if they'd lost that game afterwards yet or if that was just when they traded Roquan but yeah it was right around around there they you also have to keep in mind um as we've talked about before what the upcoming wide receiver market looked like and it didn't look like there was a lot of access to a lot of players they certainly didn't think that they were probably at that point going to be able to get DJ Moore right because they weren't planning on having the number one pick at that time um and so you know it as I've said all, all along, the vibes have not been great with Chase Claypool, but he's still on the team. He's still got some talent, and I think you just got to ride this thing out this season and see what he can still give you. I think ultimately the Chase Claypool acquisition isn't really what rubbed people the wrong way. I think it was the as giving up a 33rd overall pick. Like I think a third or a fourth rounder would have been more acceptable in general, but I, I understand that perspective. I mean, they were also... You know, it was, I guess it was Ryan Poles' first uh, midseason. I mean, well, the trade deadline doesn't normally matter in the NFL. I guess. That was a weird deadline also yeah. that took place. So I don't well, know. there was more deals that normally happen. Than, yeah, that was yeah. And we'll see if that continues, actually. I hope it does. It made it more yeah. entertaining. I, I just won't forget at that point in the season, because, heck, I was writing it a bunch, is Justin Fields needs more help. He needs help to, to move the ball down the field because he can't do everything himself. And they delivered what was a, a former second-round pick in Chase Claypool, a, a bigger target than Darnell Mooney. And it was exciting in that moment. Like, people were happy. Fans were happy yeah. for a little bit. And then everybody got hurt. But yeah. it spares football for you sometimes. Hope he catches it with his hands. <laughs> Appreciate the question. Uh, I think we had at least one more. Yeah, come on up here. Um it's been a fun hour. Appreciate everybody sticking Flew around, by. too. What's oh, up? What's up love the shirt. Absolutely oh. love the shirt. It's a, it's a good one. I'm going to buy my second Hogan John shirt today, but this was uh, the first one I had to buy. Nice. We appreciate the support. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, I feel like I'd be remiss. I know Bears training camps tomorrow, but I'd be remiss to not ask a question about quarterback and like hard knocks and stuff like that, but I'll tie it back to the Bears. Okay. Uh, but I want to hear what you guys thought about the show because it was such a cool look into the NFL. And then my Bears question in that is like, is there really something from your guys' perspective, like with the Bears taking a huge stance of being like hard knocks would be such a cancer in this locker room and like I'm watching Patrick Mahomes have cameras in his face and then he wins a Super Bowl, you know, on quarterback. Yeah. So like in your opinion, is that actually a real thing? And then yeah, just what do you think of the show? Well, I love the show. Cousins fan now, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> I love the show. Um it was it lived up to the high expectations I had for it because I had talked to some people who worked on the show and they were like, no, seriously, the stuff you're going to hear on this is is really good. And um, I think that, I think honestly, I think anytime we can see more of the inside world of what these players actually live during the season and not just the players, but also support staff. Like I love that we saw the Chiefs 
um, trainer get emotional, right? They showed that in the locker room. Like there's so many people tied in behind the scenes that work way longer hours than even the players do. They're, they're in the building, you know, 20 hour days. And I'm not just talking about the coaches. You know, there's just so many people behind the scenes that don't even, that don't get paid nearly as much as these players do either. And I just think that shows that, that show that are important and very cool. And I thought quarterback did a really good job of that. Um, I also think that it was not nearly invasive as Hard Knocks is. Mm. Like most of Hard Knocks, when you watch Hard Knocks, with some exceptions where they, you know, the guy's on his day off fishing and they take the camera out there on the boat or whatever, and there's certainly some of that, but most of it is like they're showing team meetings, they're showing, um, you know, the cut decisions, the cameras are in the GM's office. Like I, I have a feeling that's the stuff that these teams don't necessarily like. Whereas, the quarterback stuff to me, the stuff that was in the building was actually mostly the game footage where NFL films is at most of these games anyway. Yeah. They got players mic'd up anyway. The Bears have guys mic'd up every week and they put those videos out on, on ChicagoBears.com. Um, all that other stuff seemed to be, you know, at Patrick Mahomes' house or at Kirk Cousins' house or um, the interviews they filmed that were clearly done outside of the season or during the bye week or something like that. It did not seem like it was that invasive of a show. So I would hope if it came up, if those producers came and said, hey, we want Justin Fields to be a part of this, I would hope that the Bears would see the benefit of that and and not be afraid of it. Yeah, with with hard knocks, again, I've just learned this today, they like literally bug your entire facility with, with cameras and microphones and... You have producers and audio guys listening, and they turn it on, on and off at their own choice, really. And they, they catch things that the teams don't want out there, and, and there's like a, a strange back and forth. Um, so it is evasive. It, it is a, it, it, it's how it is. Um, I think watching quarterback, you could tell that they did those around the schedules of the quarterbacks that work best for them. You know, um, they made it work best for those guys. I think Justin Fields would actually be fantastic on that show, too. I, I think he's got a whole other side to him. By the way, he's also been a part of that show, a different one. But remember, he was on QB1 yes. when he was in high school. Yes, yes. Like, like his, he has lived that life. His family has lived that life. They featured his family on that show. Um, so he would also have the perspective of knowing, like, do I want to go through that again or not? But if he handled it as a high schooler, I think he can handle it as a professional. Yeah. yeah, I think the production of the two shows is different. And I've said this on the show before. George McCaskey is a hellas. And if he tells the NFL no, usually they're going to listen and have listened in the past. Yeah. Thanks. It, 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 appreciate the question. Um, I've, I'm i also interested. I don't know the answer to this right now, and I hope I can find it. But just like how much control do the teams even have over saying no on this particular show? Because again, I think like if a player, oh, a lot of us outside player, the building. Yeah. yeah, if a player wants to have his life filmed at his house, team can't say no to that. No. Yeah, I'm sure there's some level of clearance. I'm sure. Well, look at the Falcons and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I mean, do you think they gave the complete thumbs up on that? They well, uh, what also I found interesting about that part of the show is, I didn't feel like the show went to bat for him too much to defend him leaving. They were like, yeah, yeah, he kind of had a knee injury, but all right, that's the end of that storyline. <laughs> and it was like, okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that that part of it was interesting to me too. Good show, though. I hope everybody checks it out if they haven't already. Um, and I'm glad that it lived up to the hype. And I hope Justin Fields is a part of it in the future. 
Regardless, I'll still watch it, though. Yeah. So It's already been renewed for next year. They should have Justin Fields and Jordan Love. <laughs> they should. <laughs> That'd actually be a really good yeah. television. I would watch it. All right. Hey, um, appreciate everybody who came out tonight. This is awesome. The support from you guys. I hope you pick up some merchandise while you're yes, here. Please support obvious uh, shirts. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it helps support the podcast. Obviously, helps obvious shirts. Um, and... What one of the reasons why we love partnering with partnering with Obvious Shirts is because um, they understand as much as anyone. Once you get your brand out there, people see it. They ask you about the shirt you're wearing. Um, it's perfect. So you're not not only by spending some money, but also just wearing the shirt out it helps expose the podcast even more. And we appreciate all support because word of mouth has been more important than anything else. I think we've done over the years in growing this thing. So uh, for those listening or watching on YouTube, same thing. All of these shirts available on obviousshirts.com. So if you weren't able to make it out here tonight, you can still we'll have the new shirts up there. Obviousshirts.com. Joe also told me the hats are coming in sometime soon-ish. I think so. We will. Have have hats 10, 10 days, days 10 days Very from soon. now we're gonna have, we're gonna have hats and uh polos really, really excited about that polos are on the way as well um so we promise new merchandise it's coming we love our partnership with obvious shirts and uh we're grateful that they had us out here tonight and we're grateful for all of you thank you this this has been awesome so appreciate it uh, with uh with training camp starting up, we will be back later on this week. Of course, back to our regular schedule. Usually in the preseason, we have uh, our two shows a week. And then obviously, once we get to the regular season, three shows a week with our post-game shows as well. So we'll have you covered. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at K Fishbane. Read these guys on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. If you're not already an athletic subscriber, you should be. Um, and uh, if you missed it, I announced this earlier today. My Bear Sings newsletter will start coming out daily for those of you that are also CHGO diehards. So you can go to allchgo.com slash diehards, sign up there, and uh, you'll be getting uh, an email that I promise is not spam every morning. Uh, you'll, mark, you'll mark it as spam. It's already in there. Which is fine. <laughs> every day now, huh? <laughs> a lot of things yeah. to think about. Yeah, I do have a lot of things. So, um, and uh, and then. I hope that there's a lot of things to talk and write about once we get in the... I, I just tomorrow. wanted to have like one, one Bears thing from Adam Hogue. That's it. That's what it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be... Every day? Sh- yeah. It's going to be, you get one thing from me and then I'm going to go back to bed. Okay. No, <laughs> no so uh, that's available for you as well. Am um, I forgetting anything? Thanks to our producer, Kent. Kevin, thanks for coming down here. Appreciate it. Everyone who showed up tonight, it's been a great crowd. Uh, thank you very much and uh, we'll talk to you later on in the week. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?